Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. On this episode of TV Gold, we're going to look at Far North, a new drama coming to Paramount Plus, The Other Black Girl, a series on Disney Plus, The Supermodels, a doco on Apple TV, and the following events are based on A Pack of Lies. Yes, that's the actual title of the series. That's coming to BBC First. Welcome back, Andrew McCarter. And we're going to start this week with Far North. Yes, James, always my favourite thing to have a New Zealand drama. Uh, I love my New Zealand dramas. This one has a fantastic cast, uh, Tamura Morrison and Robin Malcolm. Of course, we know Tamura Morrison, all the Star Wars fans love him for his roles in that, but, of course, he's probably most famous for Once for Warriors. And Robin Malcolm, of course, was the star of Outrageous Fortune, one of my all-time ever favourite TV show. So I was super, super excited to watch this. Now, they've only sent us one episode. It's dropping on Paramount+. Plus. Um, I would have loved to have seen a second episode because the first episode was a little bit underwhelming for me. You know, I was wanting more Tamura and Robin Malcolm, and instead uh, I got a lot of uh, women trapped on a boat as part of a a giant drug deal. Um, So, yeah, I'm keen to see more, but I wish we could have seen two episodes to uh, be talking about this today, James. Yeah, look, I like this a lot, a real lot. as you say, the cast, the, the lead cast, who you don't get a lot of in that first episode, do you? No. Um, but the all the promos sort of give away what's going to happen, so I don't know if we can mention it, but there well, are I couple- haven't seen the promo. I've just come into it cold okay. just watching that first episode. Is it a true story, story? Sorry? James? Is it based on a true story? Yes, it is, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I believe so. The... um. So it's a bit, they play in what's called an ex, uh, an everyday couple from the uh, north of Auckland in New Zealand. They live by the sea. They have a little fishing boat that they take out into the water. I think she's a, a sort of an aerobics instructor, but in swimming pool, she sort of teaches yeah. people how to, you know, keep fit. Yeah. Um, water aerobics. Aqua aerobics, yeah. yeah. That's it. That's a word. <laughs> I was... I was um, and I think he's a he's sort of a retired diesel mechanic, I think. Right. But they've got a nice little life in a sort of seaside community. Well, there, something happens right at the start, though, which makes you wonder, oh, it's a bit of an edgy community there because one of their neighbours beats up some some guys sitting in a car outside the property who he th- I'm guessing he thinks are, part, are doing a drug deal or something. Yeah, you know, smashes up their car and tells them to get out of there and not not come back. And um, and the the two leads, uh, Robin and Tamura, look at each other and go, "Oh, do you think that's just make the neighbourhood better, or it's going to get worse?" <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the the you know, there's going to be a big drug um transaction taking place, right? Yeah. And that first episode goes into great detail setting up how it's going to happen. They recruit the people involved. They show you both sides of the people who are going to deliver. I think it's meth who deliver the meth, and then the people who are going to collect it and deliver it. And there's some shady Mr. Big characters in this. There's a lot of Chinese people on the boat, and it's very funny how they talk about 
their lesbian <laughs> background and um one of them talks about converting women and and how yeah. she's what she's going to do if she makes this big this big transaction takes place um but it certainly doesn't go according to plan the the boat is the boat is off the coast it's going to do the drug uh drop the guys are on the shore waiting but then the the little boat that's going to sort of ferry the meth to the drop-off point breaks down. Yeah. And that causes all sorts of problems. Yeah. Look, it's really interesting. Um, how many episodes do you reckon there are to it, James? Is it I a think six? It's six. Six, yeah. okay. Yeah. And the promo says based on an unbelievable true story. Okay. And, and you're watching this, you're thinking, well, if this is accurate, it is quite unbelievable what goes wrong when they're trying yeah. to set all this up. Um, but I just love that detail and it was so well made. I just thought it was very crisp and the editing, the acting, all the different yeah. scenes and the attention to detail, you know, the, um, I just really like that. Well, that's New Zealand drama in general. You know, yeah. I've, I've watched so many shows that have just been ignored by Australian networks or screened at, you know, 11.30 at night in summer just so they can get some cheap local drama quota content points. I mean, New Zealand's always been punching above their weights when it comes to drama. And I think Far North, uh, which will be up on Paramount Plus for people to watch, is is definitely uh, another great show that they've pumped out. You mentioned um, Tamura's, um, of course, the, the Star Wars um, universe is huge. And I guess... Yeah. It- he must do very well out of that, presumably, too. But it's it's great to see him, you know, back in New Zealand doing smaller budget things like that. I guess this is a reasonable budget, but it's it's still a bit of an indie, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Like he is, you know, doing massive work around the world in Star Wars TV series. He's also in um he's in a Mar is he in a Marvel thing as well, The Flash, or is that I think DC? He was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, look, he's just done so much. But I guarantee you, if you spoke to Tamura Morrison, he would love the opportunity to be still in New Zealand making shows there. I mean, he started off on Shortland Street when Shortland Street first started back in the day. So, you know, that this is a guy that will always, his heart will always be in New Zealand and uh, he would be thrilled to be back home making a production like this. And we talked about Robin Malcolm briefly at the end of last week's episode um, but some of the things people might recognise her from, I think she was in Harrow. Um, yeah. She was in Wanted. Yep. Uh, yep. I think that was Seven Drama. Now, did she play Olivia Newton-John's mum, Irene? Yeah, I think she did, actually. Yeah. Yeah, good memory. Um, Upper Middle Bogan. Yeah. She was in quite a few episodes of Rake as well. So that's an amazing body of work. Yeah, and Outrageous Fortune really sort of opened her up to the Australian market. I remember when she first came over to Australia, sort of keen to get some work here uh, off the back of Outrageous Fortune, which is a TV show that had a terrible programming history in Australia. Uh, In the end, everyone was sort of just buying it for cheap. Uh, quota points. In the end, Foxtel uh, got it for a while and put it on at 7.30 on a Sunday night and really gave it some uh, promotion. Um, But it's weird. Outrageous Fortune is such a great TV show, James, but I don't see it streaming anywhere here in Australia. I'd love to watch it. I would watch it again from start to finish uh, if it would go on a streaming service and be easy to watch. 
Okay, so that's far north on Paramount Plus. Um, we've we've only had a teaser of that one episode, but I've we've both got a bit of an appetite to go back and um, watch what happens because that, as I said, the the two leads sort of do a little bit in that first episode, but I think they get heavily involved as the series goes on. Yeah. Okay, so up next, let's talk about the supermodels. This is yeah. a very different series. Four episodes on Apple TV+. Plus. Look, I started watching this uh, as per your recommendation and I ended up watching it all. <laughs> uh, I couldn't stop. I thought it was a bit slow to begin with. I was kind yeah. of going, oh, really? Are we really going to spend four hours doing this? But then it started to kick into gear and it was like, wow. And, and I've got to admit, James, I'm I'm embarrassed to admit this as a gay man, but I was completely unaware that there were four supermodels. I always knew there were three. I always knew Naomi Campbell and Cindy Cam, Cindy Crawford and Linda Evangelista. I was always very aware of them. For some reason, I have had no idea who Christy Turlington is. Oh, really? I really don't didn't connect her with those other three supermodels at all. Um, so I've really learned a lot about that. And of course, once you sort of, you know, go through the, the fashion and they make the George Michael film clip and they kind of break through into this kind of pop culture phenomenon. It's so interesting about the way that fashion and magazines and MTV and all these things combined to sort of elevate these women up. And of course, my favorite story in the entire show was how those girls used to go out when they lived in New York and they were really young. They used to um, party in New York's backpacking district, which is sort of code for where all the, the gay nightclubs were, and that they used to hang out with, you know, the characters that we saw dramatised in a show like Pose all of those drag queens and trans women, people of colour, who were teaching Naomi Campbell how to work, these gay guys that were saying, girl, this is how you got to swing your handbag. And the supermodels were there loving it, soaking it all up. I just thought that was such a great revelation that kind of at the start of voguing, those supermodels were down there sort of, and everyone was sort of learning how to walk and how to dance from each other. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, look, I'm with you. I really enjoyed this. I watched the first one. I thought, oh, it's a little bit serious and a bit dull, but it just it does grow on you because of the access they get. Yeah. You know, there's all the girls speak so frankly about everything and they, they don't really dodge any of the sort of controversies no. uh, in their past. I mean, there was Naomi Campbell that she really addresses that reputation she got being <laughs> hard to work with, you know, a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. She, she talks all about that. Um, was it Linda Ange Angelista who had that quote about, I wouldn't get out of bed for less than $25,000? Yeah. $10,000 a day. Linda Evangelista, and, you know, she talks in this documentary about how she really regrets saying that now because that quote ha has followed her around and will be probably written on her tombstone. Yeah, the um, Cindy Crawford talks about the Playboy shoot she did and how she was sort of not talked into it, but, uh, you know, because she was going to be working with Herb Rich, she thought, yeah, look, this is going to be a good idea, and like everybody else advised her against it. But it didn't seem to real have any real blowback on her career. 
No, she actually talks about it doubling her fan base. You know, she'd gone from, you know, the people in fashion knowing who she were to men realising who she was because of the shoot in Playboy. And, you know, based on that, she was then made the spokesperson for Pepsi in a Super Bowl commercial and, you know, 30 years later, she's still a Pepsi girl in those denim shorts. It's quite amazing. Yeah, the um, and the talking about the money too. There's they don't dodge that. They uh, Christy Turlington talks about her contract with Calvin Klein, and she was earning a million dollars a year for being the the face of the fragrance, if you like. Yeah, and then one year she decided to go and cut her, change her look or something. And it really upset Calvin Klein, but they still continued to use her and they, they got past that and it sort of worked out okay for both of them. And who was it that talks about, um, was it um, Linda Evangelista again talks about how much they earn, but then when you compare it with the, yeah. total, the total advertising budget for the campaigns they're involved in, it's just a, a really minor part of it. And then what the the firms that employ them, what they actually make in profit. Yeah. Um, she sort of, that was interesting. And she, I think her quote was, um, I'm in demand because I shift product, I think she says. Yeah. Because, you know, if they do something, people go and buy it, you know. Yeah. I was, I was really pleased. I don't want to give away the, the ending of this so much, but, you know, we as we get towards the end, it, it be, things become very difficult. Difficult for Linda Evangelista. She talks about uh, the plastic surgery procedure she had that was disastrous for her and it basically ruined her career. And, you know, it sort of means that, you know, three of them are still out there, you know, doing fashion shoots and, and still having their photos taken. But she has had to step back from that because of uh, things that have gone wrong uh, with those cosmetic surgery procedures. I thought she was very open about that and it was great to see them at the end all kind of reunited that that made me happy yeah i think they were all on the cover of both the british and us vogue the most recent editions too which right. was a nice bit of synergy with this series and, of course, this is made by uh, Imagine, who is uh, Brian Grazer and Ron Howard. You know, it was only – I was only watching the credits on the fourth episode and went, oh, God, of course, this is a Ron Howard documentary series. That's why it's so good. Directed by Roger Wa Ross Williams and uh, Larissa Bills. And uh, Roger Ross Williams is actually the first um, black American to win an Oscar. Wow. Which is, uh, which is interesting. That was for a – uh, a short doco called, um, it was about, um, I think it was Prudence. It was a short, a 33-minute doco about the Zimbabwean singer-songwriter Prudence Mabina. Right. That was back in 2010. Uh, Larissa Bills, best known probably for, I think it's a Disney Plus doco series called On Point about um, American ballet dancers and sort of what they give up to get a career as a ballet dancer. But, yeah, yeah. look, I, I really recommend that. Look, other quick things about it. The insights from all the designers too are, are, yeah. are worth watching as well, you know. John Galliano, Mark Jacobs, some filmed interviews with Carl Lagerfeld. Not yeah. much of um, uh, Anna Wintour. I think I think there's an old clip of her when she there's was quite old young. clips of her. Nothing she, she doesn't participate in it today. No, no. I thought that was interesting. And the, the, I mentioned Herb Ritz before, but the power of the photographers have in that whole 
world yeah. of the supermodel was interesting too. It uh, interviews some of those. Um, I thought Linda was probably the most forthcoming, wasn't she, of all the, yeah. all the interviewers? Perhaps because she's got the sort of the biggest backstory about what happened to her over yeah. the time, but also Naomi. Uh, Christy Turlington is almost, I hesitated to say it because it might be unfair, but almost the most stylish at the moment. And yeah, almost possibly the coolest in a little way. She's quite laid back and, um, and she's, She's got away from that world a little bit, it seems, perhaps, where yeah. there's a bit a bit more still involved. Yeah, I think she made a very uh, – she talks about making a, a, a very conscious decision to sort of go off and she, she went off to college uh, and studied uh, psychology and now is very involved with yoga and Eastern mysticism. Um, and I also thought it was really interesting listening to Naomi Campbell because we have always had that uh, – angry black woman persona about her. But I think it's really interesting listening to her speak today in the wake of Me Too and Black Lives Matter. You you do listen to what she says and go, yeah, she was unfairly targeted. And you know, um, you know, that that persona that she was given um was probably not fair. And and she does talk about it. She's very open about why she had anger issues. Uh and she's she's never as she says in this doco, she's never ever denied the things that she's done wrong. She's always owned up to them. But I think it's really interesting reframing everything we thought about Naomi Campbell through a 2023 lens. Yeah, now and some of the stories she tells are fascinating and run-ins with paparazzi and things like yeah. that. They're, they're, the four episodes are called The Look, The Fame, The Power and The Legacy. Yeah. But I figure almost any of the clips would fit any of those episodes. That was, yeah. I guess that's a nice way to frame the, the series, but they're, they're, you know, there's there's bits and pieces that, that would, sort of fit into any of those episodes. Let me ask you a quick question about supermodels. There was, there's sort of more than four though, isn't there, that earned that title. Obvious one is Al. There was, you know, who was sort of Al McPherson, I think, was sort yeah. of up, up there. And Pauline Petrovsky, if yeah. that's the right pronunciation of her last yeah. name. She was sort of there. Helena Christensen is yeah. kind of also from that era. But I guess... The reason they're able to put these four supermodels into this show is that they kind of peak by being the four supermodels that George Mile George Michaels selected for his yeah. freedom music video when he got them to lip sync his song and he didn't appear in it uh or all. Although I think I mean, he might have been behind a camera, you know, sort of filming them maybe at one stage. I know that was around that era, maybe it's not the same film clip. But yeah, I think because they were part of that film clip, that's how they get the four supermodels. Sure, sure, yeah, and, and they're the iconic ones. I'm, I'm not disputing that. But Claudia Schiffer is another For one that comes to mind. She's another one. Yeah, there's a couple of clips of her in this. Yeah, but she's not really covered. Someone who does get an interview is Kate Moss. Yes, she talks. She's almost the next generation, if you like. She's a little bit younger, and she talks about when she first arrived on the scene, working with these women who'd already of a, a much bigger stature, and she recognizes. Look, she was so young and. And I don't want naive or green, but she sort of, you know, talks about working with these other women. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was great. I thought it was really also really great to see that these four women have always been friends. They've always supported each other. Uh, it, it would appear that they've always been very, very supportive of other people coming up behind them. And I think the work that Naomi Campbell is doing now with uh, minority groups and, and fashion designers uh, in Africa, she's turning her attention to that now and saying, hey, it's time to sort of be more diverse uh, with all of this. I, th I just thought it got more and more interesting as it went on. And a not so great first episode, but yeah, from, you know, once you get into it, it's just really, really fascinating. Okay, that's the Supermodels, four episodes on Apple TV+. Plus. Look, we've got left two dramas this week, one American, one British, I'll start with the other Black Girl, which is on Disney Plus. I got 10 episodes. It uh, was on Hulu in the US, which is majority owned by Disney. Uh, so, and it's on Disney Plus here. They're all uh, 30 minute episodes, and I've seen five of them. I don't think you've dipped into this one, have you? No, I'm sorry. I missed this one. I, ha I haven't watched it yet. And I didn't even know where it was. So it's on Disney Plus. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Look, I, I, I didn't know anything about this, but I tuned in. I've got to say, I really like this a lot. Um, it's about a, it's set in a book publishing firm in New York, and it's a very white uh, book publishing firm. Okay, and as the title might suggest, there's just one person of color working there, and that's the main protagonist, uh, Nella, played by Sinclair Daniel, and she's sort of working her way up. She's a like a, an assistant to an, a publisher, and she does a very good job. She's very conscientious, and she yep. sort of gets an offer that, look, she might get a promotion because she's she's doing so well, but she has to tell the truth, right? She just she can't sort of gloss over things. She, like a best-selling author comes in and asks her what she thinks of her his new book, right? Uh, she's just read it. And she goes, oh, and you can see her in agony trying to say, you know, oh, yeah, fantastic, well done. But she talks about a protagonist in the book she has a problem with and, wow, the publisher, everybody goes, woo, wow. what!" And it really uh, impacts her career, right? And the, the author doesn't uh, react very well. But then another girl turns up in the company. A second black girl arrives at the firm, this girl called Hazel, and look, you think, look, she's last she's got a colleague, you know, a friend that she can sort of side with and feel good with. I mean, she gets on okay with all the staff, but she doesn't really enjoy working, you know. there's The show has lots of things that people would recognise when they've worked in office. There's office politics, there's right. the office, office nerd, there's the people who suck up, there's the sort of people who are on the edge <laughs> a little bit and um, you wonder how they can do their job. So would you call this um, more of a comedy than a drama then? Um, no, I think, look, it's it's funny in places, but it's really a drama. Right. Because the, it develops about you sort of have to wonder how the two, um, the two girls get on together and then in the workplace. There's a bit of competition between them, but they also try and help each other. But the new girl's a little bit freaky too. You see her standing in the shadows outside uh, Nella's apartment. Oh. So you're left wondering, hmm, what's going on here? There's a lot of scenes where really weird things happen, but it turns out to be a dream sequence. Mm -hmm. 
I have a bit of a problem when that's used a lot because I oh yeah I just think it's a bit of a cop out in a plot. It um, is. I, it is. You know. The, you know. Soaps are very uh, guilty of doing that. They sort of do a scenario and then just go, oh, it's just a little dream sequence. We're just having fun for an episode. You go, come on. Yeah. But look, I, I really enjoyed it, and you can power through. I've watched half of the ten. Um, I would like to keep going. Will I? Hmm. I'm not too sure about that because with the the way new shows turn up every week, it's it's really easy to um to forget and move on. But look, I think it's worth a look. Um, I'm glad because I I took out an annual subscription to Disney Plus, right? Yeah, because I had so many good shows in the past year, but I haven't been watching much lately on that platform, to be honest. Um, the only murders in the building is one of the things. I've been watching, but there hasn't been much else. So I'm glad to see this, but I got, because their price went up a little bit. And I, on my credit card the other day, it was $100 plus bang for, for the new year. Yeah, which, right. Which is a bit of a shock, you know. Yeah. Um, when it stays under 100 for a whole year, you go, hmm, maybe. But yeah. once it creeps past $100, you sort of really start to question it. So I'm hoping there'll be some more stuff for me on Disney Plus. But look, I did enjoy this, and I'm I'm happy that it's there, and uh, it makes me feel better about keeping my subscription. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the other black girl, Disney Plus. Our last show of the week. The following events are based on a pack of lies. Five episodes coming to BBC first. They will drop one a week. This is almost our most problematic series this week, too, though. Problematic in what way? Well. I've watched it all, okay, and I really was so much into this, <laughs> but I just went off it a little bit, you know. So you you don't think it's been worth all the episodes? How many? There's six. There's five episodes. Five, five hours. You yeah. got to the end and were left a little bit unsatisfied. I was, yeah. Um, and I've got to. I'll explain that right at the end of this episode, and it could be a okay. first for for TV Gold. But, um, yeah, I did, you know. I was so into it. I really loved the characters. I loved the whole con man thing. Yeah. But at the end, it just, hmm, and I can't really go into it. But, you know, I, look, it doesn't make me regret watching it all because I stayed up last night till midnight binging it because I wanted to <laughs> see what happened, right? Yeah. Um, but, no, I don't feel ripped off, but I'm slightly disappointed. So I've watched the first two episodes, um, and there is something about it that's slightly annoying me. So the, the premise of this show is that uh, there's a guy uh, kind of presenting himself as a climate scientist. Uh, he's played by Alistair Petrie, who yep. was the headmaster and the dad of one of the students in sex education, which, by the way, is uh, launching its fourth and final series today on Netflix. So very excited to watch that. Um, but he uh, comes to do he comes to Oxford to do this presentation and walking by him in the street is this woman whose mouth sort of drops 
open as he goes past. And it is later revealed that he was married to her years and years ago, and he went out to get Chinese food and never came back. And in this 10-year period, he has reinvented himself going by a different name and clearly is some sort of awful con man who has his designs set on another woman. And so his first wife tells everyone in her family, tells her father, tells her mother, oh, that ex-husband of mine that stole all our money, he's back. And then she just sort of follows him around and, and he's watching and you know, I just wanted to grab this woman and say to her, you need to go to the other woman that he is setting up for a con and tell her what's going on right now, not become her friend. Like, come on, don't mess around on this. But they're sort of dragging it out. And that's the part that's kind of annoying me, James. It feels to me like this is something that should have got gets wrapped up straight away. But of course, it's TV, five episodes, so they're going to drag it out as long as they can. Is that the problem? Uh, yeah, it is, and you'll be yelling at your TV by the time you get to episode five. I tell you, right? There's, yeah, you just real, you just wish somebody would just come out and speak frankly, and and even go to the cops, you know, and, yeah, um, just just get something happening. But this guy, so this is the the relationship with its Marianne Jean Baptiste, who plays Cheryl, yeah, who's a famous author, and she's his latest subject target, if you like. Correct. Okay. So he worms his way into her life, um, and she must be really dumb, right, because he's obviously a bit of a fraud, this bloke. Well, he's he's manipulating her because she has just lost her husband yeah. to uh, – her husband has just died. So he's very, he's one of these con men that's very good at getting in there and manipulating people's vulnerabilities. He knows exactly what sort of position she's in, and he, he, he he's one of those guys that moves in on people who are feeling vulnerable. Sure, but the, her, her – two of her best friends recognise it straight away. Yeah. Go, what are you doing? You know, yeah. but she she can't see, it. and I, I get it. That could happen, I guess. Yeah, um, but she's the fifth one because oh. if you remember it right in the in the sort of opening, there's there's little clips of other people, and they're all previous victims. Oh. They come into play later in this series. I wasn't right. quite sure what those clips were. Yeah, right. Yeah, the series progresses. There's two other women, and there's a husband of an another woman, um, as well as uh, Rebecca Stanton, who plays Alice Newman, who has another name, calls herself Juno. <laughs> it's all a bit confusing. Yeah. But, um, but and then, and Jarek Jacoby um, turns up later in a very, he's sort of wasted in a very minor role um, as, as an accomplice, if you like, if the con man, because it's a big con. Yeah, so right. Him, as he's got a little team, right? That that do all this. So, yeah. Look, I was quite fascinated with it. I must say, but it did leave me a slightly disappointed right at the end. I love Alistair Petrie does such a good job. Uh, you mentioned he was in Sex Education too. He was in Funny Woman, that doco about the. Yes, the, he was. He was the, the network executive. Yeah, and a really <laughs> annoying one, right? Yes. And he was in The Night Manager too. Yeah. I can't remember his role in that because that was a few years ago now. Um, 
Rebecca Stanton, who's almost the lead in this, playing Alice or Juno. Uh, all I can remember her from is uh, Midwich Cuckoos, which we watched maybe a year or two ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, look, I enjoyed it. Slight reservation. Um, but I, I did like the premise. I'm always a sucker for a, a con man thing. But, you you know, I was really hoping for that ironclad resolution, which didn't quite come. Did, are they, did they leave it open for another series? Was that the problem? No, I don't. Well, they could. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, you could. Um, I get the feeling there wouldn't be one, though. Right. Yeah, you certainly could. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, there was something there was something about it that was making me that was annoying me the whole time I was watching it. I, it was a show I wanted to like, but there was something about it the 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 obvious moves to make that this woman wasn't doing in terms of warning people about the dangers of this man. The fact that she wasn't doing this and running this sort of one person detective it, it was really annoying me. Yeah. And I'm not sure in that Episodes you've seen, does he start the financial fraud on the, the author? No, he, he he literally, he had to worm his way back into her life after she told him that she didn't want to do it. And he he basically manipulated a situation with her missing dog, et cetera, et cetera, to get yeah, yeah, back yeah. into her life. Yeah, well, there's a there's a bigger fraud which happens um, and then it develops from there. But look. I can give you my problem with this. Look, we'll talk about our show of the week right now. Yep. I penciled in the following events are based on a pack of lies. But <laughs> after, it finished, <laughs> after it finished, I changed my mind. <laughs> so what is your show of the week then? Uh, far North. Yeah, right. I think it's got to be just because it built slowly. As you, I get what you say. Look, it did feel a bit strung out, but yeah. I loved that attention to detail. And the sort of richness of all those characters. Look, there was a lot of stuff on the trawler where they were transporting the meth. Not much happened, but there was a bit, lot of detail about the girls were seasick, um, the chatter at the dining table about lesbians. Yeah. Um, I think it was all really, uh, really rich and really gave you a lot of characterization, which you don't get in a lot of series. Look, I, I would. Uh, I, I need one more episode to be convinced that Far North is great. Uh, I have to give my show of the week to the supermodels. I just once I got into it, I couldn't stop watching it. And of course, I love my pop culture history. And uh, there was so much stuff in this that I remembered, and so much stuff I didn't know and hadn't put connected. And so it was like, yeah, I, I just really liked it by the time it had gotten on. Gotten on. Okay. Okay. Before we go this week, I think we've each got something. I I want to just leave with, I'm noticing a, a lot of platforms are promoting programming that I might assume is new, but when I click on it, it's actually not. And they they, they don't tell you it's of course they don't not new, but you no. could be led to because you you think all the shows they promote are, are usually new ones, right? Yeah, but look, you know. Britbox has got a show called Five Daughters from 2010. I thought, gee, that sounds good. But and look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's probably a good show. But, Is this you know, the one where they're the victims of the Yorkshire Ripper? I'm not sure. 
Okay, because I saw a BritBox series the other day and thought to myself, wow, I actually really want to watch that. And I actually took a picture of it. Uh, yeah, it's Five Daughters. It's a three-part miniseries. No, sorry, not the Yorkshire Ripper, the Suffolk Strangler. Okay. Based on the real-life events surrounded by the 2006 Ipswich serial murders by the Suffolk Strangler. Okay, yeah, sorry. But see, it's the, it's the cast, isn't it? Sarah Lancashire and Vicky McClure, two of our favourite <laughs> British actresses are in it. So I thought to myself, wow, I've got, I've got to watch that. But you're telling me that it's 13 years old. Absolutely, yeah. I wow. mean, look, and I'm sure it's pretty good and I would like to watch it, but it's not a sort of new uh, – a new series that's just, you know, fresh off the uh, production line. They've also got something called uh, From Darkness. Again, I thought, oh, that sounds really good, but that's eight years old. From oh, that's a bit cheeky. Uh, so, I mean, come on. Um, Stan, Stan have been doing a little bit too. I think they've got something called Game Face. Right. And I clicked on it and I thought, oh, that's interesting. That's nine years old. 2014. <laughs> the, so, the ones that make me laugh are the free to airs are putting all of these uh, shows on their catch up services, and you you look at them and go, yeah, that is a one season wonder, a network show like you know, Robert Margot Robbie in Pan Am, and you think, oh yeah, well that, and then you go, oh no, hang on, that was that flop series that she starred in that you know, they only made a few episodes. Yeah, so a lot of those short one-season shows are sitting up there on the catch-up services looking really attractive because of the cast, but, of course, they're all short-lived wonder shows. Yeah, absolutely. What have you got to finish on? Um, I've got just got a few things to get off my chest. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under uh, finished. Look, it got there in the end. Again, James, a little bit underwhelming this series. I think this is a series that Stan have to really decide whether or not they're going to put some more money into this and do it properly. I don't think they've got enough money because when you've got – you're asking drag queens to lip sync to – um, down under by men at work and you go, hang on, no drag queen would ever lip sync to that song. It's not a lip sync classic. So it, it tells me that they they don't have enough money for music rights to get proper music for the show. There's something underwhelming of it. It get, gets there at the end, but there was a moment in the, in the show, James, that was so bad that all of the queens were given a challenge and they were so bad at it that RuPaul awarded the prize money to the guy standing there in his underwear from the pit crew, which is one of the most shadiest things we've ever seen RuPaul do. No winner. I'm giving it to the guy in his underwear. Wow. So, yeah, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. If you're going to keep doing it, Stan, you've got to put some more money into it. Um, I also want to talk about the newsreader. All six episodes have been put onto iView, James, which is yeah. fantastic. Um, I was watching it every week on the ABC Media Preview site. Episode five was so fantastic. Uh, but then I went to iView and have watched the last episode. A fantastic second season for the newsreader. And the last thing I want to say is that the episode of Q&A on Monday night was what a shambles it was. You know, Q&A used to do this thing where they used to do a show with high school students. It was one of my favourite editions of the year. And now they don't do it on ABC, on the main network. It's there on iView to watch as an added extra. It's now called Behind the News Special. And it's like, no, I want to hear what those kids have to say on the main network. But of the five kids that were on that panel, they brought this 
year 11 kid called Will Shackle to do a show on Monday night about nuclear energy and waste. There were three politicians, one economist, and this 17-year-old school kid. And I'm sorry, you can't do a show about nuclear energy and not have a nuclear energy specialist there. It is barking mad to have a school kid talking about nuclear waste when he doesn't work in the industry. And furthermore, the next day, that that website that he has started, Nuclear for Australia, they were scrubbing their links to the Liberal Party. So Q&A promoted him as a kid with no links to a political party. And it's very clear that he does have links to a political party. So that's really lazy bad work of Q&A and they need to pull their boots up. This is a show that's been on the skids for a long time and Monday night was a really low entry for them. So please do better. You're the ABC for God's sake. Yeah, look, it's a good format when it works, doesn't it? So they just probably need to, I don't know, get a, because they're without a host. They've got rotating guest hosts at the moment. I think that's part of the problem, maybe. There's something clearly wrong going on behind the scenes. You know, they've, there's too many things going wrong there. And, and to make a decision like that and who you get to speak about such an important topic, it's, it's crazy. Maybe it's time for Tony Jones to come back. He's had a couple of years off. (laughs) I would really welcome that. But I also wonder if there's something that needs to be done production-wise with uh, who's making some decisions there because some really bad decisions have been going on this year. Let's talk about Stan Grant and all of that stuff. It's uh, There's there's something going down there that needs to be corrected if that shows to continue. You've been listening to the TV Gold podcast. Andrew Mercado, thank you very much. Just a reminder, your show of the week was The Supermodels on Apple TV+. Plus. Mine was Far North on Paramount+. Plus. Andrew, we'll speak again next week. Thanks, James. Have a great week.